Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the sea of forgetfulness. That you forget our sins and mistakes in our lives. Lord, we ask that you help us to be grateful for that sea of forgetfulness. That we may serve you with gladness and with joy. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Acts 17, verse 16. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Athens, all right? That's where the Olympic Games are. So we are right there where the action is. Now... Verse 17, therefore he disputed in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons in the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain of the philosophers and of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered with him and said, what will this babbler say? And others, some, he seemed to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus. And they took him and brought him to Areopagus saying, May we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest, for thou bringest certain strange things to our hearts, what these things mean. For all the Athenians and strangers which were spent there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear something new. Mercy! <laughs> then Paul said in the midst of the Mars Hill, stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens... I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you, that God made the world and the things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, and dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth, and hath determined before times appointed the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Amen. In him we move. That's our subject. I'm explaining to you and trying to share with you that uh, to stay with God and to move with God, you've got to be a mover. Amen. You've got to be a what? A mover. God is a moving God. 
he does not stay in one place in that sense. And so throughout the Bible, you will find the expression walk. Walk in, um, walk in love, walk in the spirit, walk in the steps of faith, walk in newness of life, walk in God's works, walk in him, walk excuse me, in wisdom, walk in the light, walk in his commandments, walk in truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Walk honestly, walk by faith, walk according to this rule. There are many walks. And all of these walks are walks. They are not standing still situations. Now, many Christians have frozen on the journey. For example, the children of Israel, they were on a journey to the promised land. And they froze in the wilderness. Only two people made it out of the wilderness. Many of us Christians get into the wilderness and freeze. And we stop moving. But God wants us to keep moving. Now what happens is that God blesses the church. And he blesses his people with one new thing. One great thing. And as he blesses his people, all right, you find out that they are so blessed with what they have, and they're so happy that they tend to camp there and not move on any further. Some of us came from Orthodox churches and from other churches. Some of us came from the world and so on. And we were so excited to move into a new level of Christianity. And we came into this church. But after coming into the church, you froze and stopped moving. And so you find that others are moving on and others are moving ahead, but you are not moving ahead. And God is trying to show you now that it's not just a matter of having arrived in Christ, but you need to keep on moving. You cannot afford to boast of the things you used to do some years ago. I used to be that. I was in a choir. I used to sing. I was a talented solo artist, a TSA. I was a, I was a dramatist. I was, a, I was, a, I was a, 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 an actor. I was, a, I was in the ushers. I was that. I, and what are you now? That's the point. The point is, what are you now? And I want you to know that God has something new ahead all the time. And I want you to know something that no matter how great the revelation you are walking in or have walked in is, it will soon not be the main thing that God is doing. No matter how you want it to be. And so you just have to keep moving with God. And sometimes it's difficult to see that you are actually going to have to leave this good thing and add something different to it. So let me take you to 2 Peter. Turn with me to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. All right? And we look at verse 5. Are you there? Okay. Now, it says, And besides all this, right, giving diligence, add to your faith. Have you found 2 Peter chapter 1? Verse 5, it says, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Okay? And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. It's all like a, you know, some kind of poem. 
But it really has a meaning, okay? What does it mean? Listen to me, look at me. Don't look at your Bible, look at me. It says, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Who would have thought that there's anything else to add when you've got faith? By faith, you obtain a good report. By faith, you are saved. By faith, you are walking with God. Without faith, you cannot please him. By faith, the elders obtain a good report. What else is there to add to faith? Do you see? I mean, what else is there? And so, what happens is when there's one great revelation, everybody stays there. And we don't move on to the next thing that God is doing. But he's saying, add to your faith. Virtue. Do you understand? So you can have all the faith and be the wildest faith movement, but we need to add a virtue movement to the faith movement. And it's a faith movement which has brought about all these kind of churches. Like myself, I'm a product of the faith movement. You know, the prosperity and healing movement. Faith. The main two examples that were given during the faith movement of faith were prosperity and healing. Alright? And I grew up uh, as a faith product, my spiritual fathers were Kenneth Hagin and Fred Price. Do you understand? And these are the wildest faith teachers. Kenneth Hagin is the father of them, and the children are wilder than their father. Oh, yeah. When you read the criticisms about Hagin, you get it. When you read the criticism about Hagin, then they start to talk about it. They say his offsprings are worse than him. When they are talking about this. They are worse than him. Kenneth Copeland, Fred Price, Jerry Stavell, and those type of people, they are seen as more extreme faith preachers than uh, Kenneth. I mean, Fred Price does not believe in uh, hospital doctors. and I mean, a lot of, I don't know if he believes in, I'm sure he believes in it now, but you see him, I mean, he has a whole lot of wild beliefs. You know, and they are strong faith people. If you are faith, why? If God has healed you, why should you take a paracetamol? But uh, if you are healed, why should you take medicine? Why should you go for operation? Why should you do If you believe you are healed, you receive. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive. And you shall have them. Simple and short. You believe that you receive, you shall have them. There's no need of any medicine again and again. Do you understand? But you got to keep moving because, you see, it says, add to your faith. That means that even though the faith thing is what has brought about all these churches, there will be something to add. And when you have faith without virtue, you have a bunch of hooligans. Because you have people who believe in things, but there's no virtue, there's no morality, there's no honesty, there are no virtues, there are no Christian virtues in their lives. You, uh, you have faith, people who believe but are murderers. Like these Al-Qaeda people. They believe in God. They believe in heaven. They believe in eternal life. They believe in eternity. But they are murderers. They are mass murderers. So you can have faith without virtue. You, uh, a whole lot of the people. Look, if you come to a charismatic church now and you want to say, Oh, this lady is in a charismatic church and she's not married. She'll be a virgin. Let's bet and see how many, will, how many of us would like to see what percentage you think she'll be a virgin. That she's 25 years old, she's not married. She's a virgin, she's in a charismatic church. Percentage that she'll be a virgin is not very high. But some years ago, there was a strong holiness movement those times. When you are in scripture union, even your dressing 
will show that you are in scripture union. The fact that you are out of fashion will show that you are in the scripture union. The fact that, you know, you don't do makeup, you don't do this, you don't do whatever. All that is the evidence that you are in the scripture union. Hopefully also that you don't in secret commit all the sins. <laughs> because some of them were doing it in secret. <laughs> they were more than spies, I tell you. But you see, so you need to add. So now in the charismatic church, we have thieves. Oh yeah, we have drug dealers who have beliefs. They believe in God. They believe in the man of God. They believe in whatever, but they have no virtue. And so even though you are great and you are doing well in God and in Christ, you must add to your faith virtue. Huh? Are you there? You got to keep moving in him. Then you got to add to virtue knowledge. Because there are a whole lot of people with a lot of virtues. I'm patient. I'm kind. I'm loving. I'm this. But they don't have much knowledge of God. They don't study the word. They don't. Because if you get more knowledge of God and more knowledge, you are going to be radically changed. And it will force you to move on. And so you have these people who are full of virtues and who are nice and so on, but they don't move on. And you've got to move on. There are people who say, you know, they're quiet, they're just sitting quiet, smiling nicely, and, and they say, I'm, I'm witnessing with my life. I'm, I'm, I'm letting people know about Christ through my life. Oh, yeah? And it is true by their quietness and by their pleasantness and so on, you know, people get to think that this is how Christ is. You know, but Christ did not just witness with his life. He spoke. <laughs> you get it? He preached. He taught. So it wasn't just by his life. You get what I'm saying? So when you get more knowledge, you realize that not just by being a nice person and having a nice marriage and a pleasant whatever, never quarrel, never do anything wrong, I'm the virtuous type. You may be the virtuous type. So I'm the kind of doctor who doesn't do abortions. So I don't believe in that. I believe in clean money. Brother, I believe in clean money. I believe in paying my taxes. I believe in doing everything right. I'm that kind. I believe in getting married. I believe in this. I believe in all that. You are nice, but you don't preach. You got to add knowledge and look at knowledge. Learn about Jesus. And you realize that it's not just by being good and being nice and being virtuous. But you've got to add to your virtue knowledge. Then, when you get knowledge, you've got to add temperance. Because any knowledge you have, you can take it to an extreme. So temperance is to self-control or restrain that knowledge. For instance, you have you got knowledge about fasting. Now, every day you are fasting, 40 days Fasting. I was listening to somebody on television. He said, I've fasted for 51 days. Jesus fasted for 40. He's fasting for 51 days. <laughs> He's doing greater works. <laughs> and it's like your new knowledge that you have of fasting, because you've now found out how powerful fasting is. You get it? There are many revelations you can show people about fasting. But with that knowledge about fasting, you need temperance to sort of ameliorate or uh, um, balance or cool or restrain 
that knowledge. Don't take it too far. You got to revelate before you die. <laughs> I've told you that story before. I was fasting and fasting and fasting. In fact, I remember the first time I fasted. It was three days, day and night. I had never fasted. I was in school. By the third day, I couldn't, I couldn't get up. I couldn't move. I was like, I was like a, a, a paralyzed person. And I remember my mother came to visit me in school. And they came to knock on my door. That my box room. I was in sixth form there. Uh, your mother is here. So she come. And I was, I was lying on a bed with my friend. We were both fasting. We are, were both paralyzed. <laughs> we, 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 we couldn't. When I say move, I mean you can't move your arm. <laughs> <laughs> So, I told, I told her, <laughs> uh, collect the homemade for me, <laughs> the homemade food. They had brought homemade food. So, I collect it. So, when they came, they brought it to the door. I said, I can't get up. Eat it. <laughs> I cannot get up to open it. Nobody can move in this room. <laughs> for three days and nights, we have been there. We have not lifted our arm, nothing. We were down on the floor, I tell you. I don't even know how we ended that fast. Another time I was fasting somewhere, and then something happened. I was praying. I was lying on the floor, and suddenly I realized that I was either becoming unconscious or something was happening to me. I said, Lord, I'm dying. And the Lord said, uh-huh. So who asked, you, who asked you to be doing these things? Who asked you to be fasting? You are killing yourself. Who told you? Who told you that by killing yourself that you, my hand will move? Since when can a human being move the hand of God? Through your works. So you need to add to knowledge temperance. So now I've I've discovered that it's a very good thing to pray. So I've now become prayerful. Now you are prayerful, you don't talk to your wife, you don't talk to your children every day. Add to your knowledge temperance. You have discovered uh, uh, anointing. So you are now an anointer. Everything you anoint. Everything you anoint. Now you are moving. You are not drinking the oil. Uh, pouring the oil everywhere in your house has become oily. Because of a revelation you've had about anointing. And there's a lot of revelation about anointing. When you read the revelations about anointing, how God anointed Saul and the Lord said, it's not because you are anointed, then he was recognized and he was promoted and he was blessed. A lot of revelation there, but add to that knowledge of anointing, temperance. You can't be anointing people every day. We don't do that. Are you listening to me? So every realm that you get to there will be something that you need to add you got a knowledge about being a lay pastor being a lay pastor. Eh, as for me i believe in the lay ministry you see paul was a lay pastor he was so intense do you know paul yes he was so intense do you know daniel he was a prophet but he was a, a minister prime minister it's because of that i mean i'm the type into lay 
uh, this thing, uh, what do you call it? Ministry. <laughs> but I remember lying in my father's hotel on a blue carpet at the end of the year of 1990. And the Lord told me, stop everything you are doing. Don't work again in your life. Don't do business. Don't do medicine. Don't, don't get any money from anywhere. Come and work for me full time. And, and the, the, the scripture that the Lord gave me was, give thyself wholly to these things, that thy profiting may appear to all. Give thyself wholly, wholly, completely, totally. I should give myself totally to him and to the ministry. And he gave me a word that my profiting would appear to us. So I started in 1991. I spoke with my sister. I said, can you support me? I need some money every month. I've got a church of students. So I need some support. She said, okay. Coming full-time in those days is not a full-time of today. People are coming with jobs and with cars and what have you. I talked to her. I said, will you help me every month? She said to me, if you are going up preaching, going to schools, going to whatever, I'll help you. That time she was working in the UN. Every month she sent me some of her salary for me to be able to move. Because the most important thing was for me to move. I have done well as a lay person. Achimota school, Legon for seven years, medical school, house officer, businessman. Now you've, got, you've done well. Add to your faith. Add to your, add to what knowledge you have. Temper, even the lay thing, we have temperance. We have to, uh, there's a point where it's not appropriate. You have to temper it with something else. And so I came into full time. And the Lord said, showed me, he said to me, your profiting will appear to all. Throughout, especially the early years, the Lord would always point out to me, can you see that after giving yourself wholly to this thing, that your profiting is appearing to all, that people are seeing that you are benefiting, the ministry is benefiting. Because I was very much from a lay background. I'm not used to being full-time. I don't know what it's about. But the Lord proved to me, you see, do you see every year he showed me, do you see how the ministry has changed? Do you see what difference has come since you gave yourself fully and wholly? See how things are, are different as you give yourself holy. Because you see, I was so established in one realm of knowledge. I, sometimes it's difficult to see that is there something else. And that is also a problem for people who are in full time. To know that there's also lay. Sometimes you have to move into the lay ministry to do well. There are some churches, if they don't become lay and they don't have lay pastors, they will never do well and they will never advance. Because you need the lay people to advance into a certain place. A full-time person cannot advance, make that advance for you. You need, a, you need a lay person. So ladies and gentlemen, as you stay with God, I don't know what new idea you have or what revelation you are thankful to God that you have. You know, there is something to add and there is something to move into and towards. God is moving us. Hallelujah. You will find in the Bible, I want to give you four examples of uh, movement. In uh, 2 Corinthians 
chapter 11, you will notice there uh, Paul speaking about his ministry. All right? 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Let's read it, verse 23. He says, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. Sometimes we need to speak as fools. I am more. And this is the evidence that he is a, really a minister. Amen. He said, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure. Are you there? In prisons more frequent, in deaths often. He was often in prison. Huh? I mean, if I was going in and out of prison, how many of you would still be in the church? Verse 24. Of the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes, save one. They believed that if you beat somebody 40 times, he is dead. It's equal to death. So they beat them 39 times. That's why you see this where 40 save one. But they believed that 40 stripes is death. You are, you are dead. So they beat you 39 times so that you are not dead. So he says, of the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods, which are hard sticks, long, big sticks. Um, I was once stoned, which is a very dangerous thing to happen to you. Because if one of the stones hit your head, you can have an extradural hemorrhage, subdural hemorrhage, a fractured skull, internal bleeding, subarachnoid hemorrhage, any kind of hemorrhage, and then you'll be dead. Okay? Then, I suffered three times a shipwreck. Three times his car had accidents. A night and a day I have been in the deep. Next time you go and stand by the beach, those of you who have cars, when you are going, go this way and drive by the sea. Stop and look there. And Paul said, I was down there in the deep. One day I took my children to the, to the sea and then I took them out in a boat. Far. Just me and them. From that day, they have never asked me to take them to that place again. <laughs> <laughs> never, I had, they have never asked for that thing again. <laughs> that was the first and the last. And I always use it to laugh and I say, You see, you are afraid. <laughs> so when Paul says, I was in the deep for a night and a day, when Kenya Airways fell down in Abidjan in the water over there, the first man to come to the shore was a Frenchman. He swam from the deep and came from where the plane was about a mile in the water and it's a very dangerous Atlantic Ocean that we have and you swim and when you get to near the shore there's this current that are taking you down and sideways he swam to the shore and another Nigerian brother and others were coming oh everybody should go for swimming lessons if you are going to fly so that in case you get what I'm saying <laughs> as the person next you can you float <laughs> At least you should be able to float. Eh? <laughs> Zimbo. Okay. Verse 26. It says, and in journeys often. Everybody say journeys. In perils of water, perils of robbers, perils of my own countrymen, perils by the heathen, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, and fastings often, and cold and nakedness. This is the evidence that he is called. Not a car or a house. The evidence of his calling are these problems. What have you been through? All right. 
So when you are going through something, just thank God. Start writing them down. And say, that's the evidence that God is with me. Amen. Now, but I want you to notice something. He says, in journeys, often. In a most recent book by Rick Joyner, called The Torch and the Sword, he had a vision in which he met John Wesley. And it's the beginning of one of the chapters. And he said he saw a man coming, and the man was dressed in colonial dress, and the man was bow-legged, a little bow-legged. And he said he was a, a little bow-legged from the look of... Did you get the bows? Yeah. A little bow-legged like somebody who has ridden a lot on horses. You get it? Keep riding on a horse. Maybe at a point it will affect your uh, legs. I don't know. I've never heard of that, but I read it in a vision. Okay? So when, when he said that, it struck me. You know, that was one of the characteristics of the founder of the, of the, of the uh, Methodist Church, is that he traveled a lot. You see, if you are really going to do the work of God, at, you, in the ministry, one of the key things is you have to travel. Because the souls are scattered all over the world. They are scattered all over the nation. No matter how great one place is, you got to move. In him we move. And Paul was a mover. He was a great example of someone who moved. He was traveling, moving around, moving from here to here to here to here. And if you are going to work for God, and you are going to do God's work, you are going to have to move. And that is one of the reasons why people sometimes need to be full-time. Because if you travel, and I remember the Lord telling me one day I traveled. And the Lord was telling me, if you work at Kolebu now, you will not be able to travel. By the time you come, they ask, where have you been? We were expecting 34 people have died since you left, and so on and so forth. And so you cannot keep that job. You get it. You have to give yourself to me. Are you understanding what I'm saying? In journeys often. In journeys often. God wants you to make many journeys for him. He wants you to risk your life for him. He wants you to travel for him. People travel for all sorts of reasons. People move around in this world, risking their life everywhere for all sorts of reasons. But I'm telling you that you need to travel for Jesus. Movement for Jesus. I'm saying God is a moving God and there is movement in the kingdom of God. One day, Pastor Kakra, he went to Takwa to preach. You know, we had a convention. And he stayed in a hotel. And he told me, he said, the hotel I stayed in, that is where, at that time he was not the president, Kufo, President Kufo, and others were also there. And he said the people, they are going around the whole country. That was before the elections. And I said, wow. I said, to be a president, you have to make many journeys. You have to go everywhere. Convince everybody in every town. And when he got there for the program, they were there. The MPP people, they were there. They were traveling around. And I, I think they've been to almost every town trying to campaign against uh, the NDC in those days. I tell you, people travel for all sorts of reasons. In their convoys, people died. You forgotten? People died in their convoys. People died in the NDC convoys. Every convoy they die. People journey all the time. They'll say, you are traveling again and this and that. You should see how people travel for business and for money. Every day they are sitting on a plane. Every day they are going somewhere. 
The other day I was looking at the news and I saw they said it's a stock market or one of these financial things. I don't understand them, but I, I look at them because that's what they always talk about. And they said that the price of sugar had gone up. I said, why has the price of sugar gone up? Because the owners of uh, St. Louis sugar, the blue sugar, eh, they were in a plane, all the executives, all of them in a small private plane, all of them, they crashed and everybody died. So the price of sugar went up. <laughs> and I was thinking about it that people travel for money and for every reason. So if I sit on a plane and I don't come back, glory be to God. At least I was traveling for a good cause. So many places I have been, if it were not for Christ. One day I was in Jerusalem and I looked out of my window, I saw that mosque. I look out there, look at Jerusalem, and I was just looking at the place I said, if it were not for Christ, I don't know what would have brought me here. One day I was looking out of my window in, in, uh, in uh, Korea, and I look, I said, if it were not for Christ, I don't know what, what will you go and do in Korea? Who do you know in Korea? <laughs> One day I found myself in Malaysia. How do I know a Malaysian if it were not for Christ? I found myself in so many places journeying for Christ. Different places. Towns and villages in Ghana. In him we move. I said, in him we move. There's movement. God wants us to move and work. Some of us are so lazy. We wouldn't get out of our bed on Sunday morning. On Tuesday, we can't take a car from here to here. I'm feeling my, my, my hair is paining me. And somebody was telling me, he, comes, he cannot come to church from wherever. And I said, you cannot come, but you come to work every day. But you cannot come to church because it's too far. The movement is too much. So ladies and gentlemen, there is traveling and moving in the work of God. As you do the work of God, and you start to find yourself having to move to and fro. Thank God you are beginning to move in him. The next person is Jesus. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. You know that verse. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Who went about. He went about. He was moving. Going about. Doing good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Jesus moved. He went he traveled. He, he stepped out. He moved from town to town. Every village and every town. He was moving for God. For the father who had sent him. It's time for you also to give your life. Many people. Do, they risk their lives. To fly on Ghana Airways. Up and down every day. A plane which has not been allowed to go to America. For safety reasons. They will move on it because of money. But when it comes to God, then they will start to say all sorts of things. Thank God we are moving. Reinhard Bonke, he had his crusade. One day the people were traveling and they had a terrible accident and some of the people died. People's husbands, this and that. And you have Christians criticizing is he in the will of God if God is with him why has this happened this and that and that standard Christian behavior in journeys often thrice of course if you travel a lot if you have three shipwrecks it's not bad 
Sometimes I have been in a, a, in a plane that I wondered whether my life was going to be. Bishop Blake was telling me the other day, he said he was in a plane flying from somewhere to somewhere, 10 hours or 12 hours. He said in the middle of the flight, they were the nearest airport, I think they were over some ocean, was about four hours away. And he said suddenly smoke began to come from under the plane into the plane. And the whole place began to be filled with smoke. And he looked and he said, wow, we've got fire in a plane, especially fire in a cockpit. Never pray that there will never be smoke in a cockpit, because that is the end. That's the worst thing that can happen in a plane. Fire in the cockpit, the things are just, that's what happened to Swissair when it fell down into the water at uh, Halifax. Cockpit smoke. So he said the smoke filled the plane. And he said, Lord, you want me to do what I'm doing? You don't want me to do it anymore? You feel that it's whatever? You think I shouldn't do it anymore? I said, no problem. And he said he went to sleep. He slept with the smoke and everything. He just slept. When they woke up, they were still moving. <laughs> they, they, they went under. They went under and they found the fire. Hey, in the air. And they put out the fire and continued flying. That is it. In journeys often, you can expect certain things to happen. One day we were landing at Kotoka International Airport. Just as we were about to land. Suddenly my plane started going up. You know, almost as if we were a rocket. Almost vertical. So I said, have you watched that film before where the wheels couldn't come out? I said, that is uh, exactly what has happened to us. The wheels couldn't come out. So I was wondering. After some time, the pilot spoke. KLM. He said, well, ladies and gentlemen, there was a plane, there was a car in front of us on the run. We were going to collide with the car. So I decided to go up. I said, Lord, please put me on the ground so that I can go home. (laughs) But thank God the journeys are for Jesus. Amen. The last thing that I want to share, I thought I was going to say four, but I'll talk about only three, is about God draws you. God draws you into things. God pulls you without knowing it. He's drawing you. Turn with me to John chapter 6. Jesus preached a very hard message. And in that message, people were annoyed. People were annoyed. He said, we are leaving the church. You get it? And then the Jews murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. Amen. All right. And they said, it's not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know. How is it then that he says, I came down from heaven? Therefore Jesus said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. Don't complain about my preaching. No man can come to me unless the Father which has sent me draw him and I will raise him up at the last day. No one can come unless the Father draws him. That is why, pastors, we should not be worried about our messages. 
Once we preach the word of God, no one can come unless the Father draws the people. And that's why when the people started to worry, said, don't complain. You can't come unless my Father is drawing you. My Father is not drawing you. That's why the message is so good for you. Simple and short. Unless the Father draws you, you cannot come. Listen, all of us here are being drawn by the Father to something, but perhaps we can't even see it. Sometimes God draws you. He makes you interested in something. And he's drawing you to a ministry. He's drawing you to the church. He's drawing you to a man of God. It is something that God does. You have to understand it and accept it. He said, unless the Father draw you, you can't come. And that is many of you who are established here. You've been drawn by God. That is why you are here. And the Spirit is still drawing you. He's drawing you to things. He's attracting you. He's pulling you. He's making you interested. He's drawing you. Some of you are being drawn into the ministry. You are being drawn to serve the Lord. He's drawing. He said that no one can come unless my father draws him. God is drawing you. And don't resist him. No man can come except the father which had sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning those that should betray him. And he said, therefore I say unto you, no man can come except it be given unto him of my father. From that time, many of the disciples went back and moved no more with him. Then Jesus said to the twelve, will you also go away? Jesus was not afraid of losing members. Because he knew that the right movement is the movement which people are being drawn by God. Jesus did miracles. The people were attracted by the miracles. After that, he turned, made bread. And the people were being drawn by provisions. Today, many people are being drawn to churches by miracles and by provisions of food, money, prosperity. And so on. Then Jesus, when they came there, he gave them this wild message. I am the bread from heaven. Eat me. Eat me. How many would drink my blood? Anybody who wants to drink my blood, come to the front now. Because they were attracted by the prosperity. Attracted by the miracles. But how many attracted to him? Jesus Christ himself. One day I went to the airport and I met a brother, I mean a pastor who was coming and his children, his, uh, he was coming and his children were meeting him. And as he came, he was holding a big parcel, I don't know, some big bulky, I think it was a toy or something. When his children saw him, they ran to him. But when they ran to him, he opened his arm to welcome them, but then they went to the, 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 the toy, the parcel. I remember that evening very clearly. Many of us are running to the toys, but not to Jesus. We don't really like Jesus. We don't really want him. We want what he can give. If we can get something from you, then we can come, Lord. And Jesus knew that he must eliminate all those things and let only the people who are drawn by God come. Allow 
God to draw you not for money, not for miracles, not for what you will get, but that the Father is drawing you. That's the movement. You must move in the drawings of the Lord. When you are moving in God, it must be because God is drawing you. I notice myself being interested in Rejoiner and in his ministry. I am drawn to it. I am actually drawn towards prophets and, and, and those kind of things. It's, it's very interesting to me. I am, at, I, am, I am interested in it. That's why I was also interested in Papa Hagen. It fascinates me. Today I was reading about Prophet Branham and how he started his ministry. You know, it's interesting. I find myself being drawn towards certain things. And as I read certain things that were happening, you know, I noticed certain things that, you know, were of interest to me. Because sometimes when I'm there, I feel that there is somebody with me. You know, there are times I know that there's somebody else there. I remember I was in Scotland recently. I slept in a pastor's house. When I woke up in the morning, I knew that there was somebody standing there. You don't know how. I don't know how, but it was like there was somebody there. And then the Lord had also spoken to me. Sometimes when I'm downstairs in my office, I can actually feel that there's somebody sometimes at a particular place in the room. And as I was reading about Abraham, one of the things he said was constantly feel that there's somebody around. You know, there's somebody there. There's some other presence which he was talking about. And one day, an angel actually appeared to him and commissioned him to the ministry. There are things God is making you interested in. He's interested in who is interested in naturally in fasting or in working for God or in a church. It's not natural. Naturally, you are interested in money. Our natural interest is in America. Our natural interest in so many things. I find myself being drawn more and more and more towards poor people, young people, simple people, people who are just ordinary. If you look at my life, you see, which rich person do I move around with? See that I'm going with certain rich people. I don't move around. I move with young people, people who are interested in God. I talk to them for a long time. Anybody who likes those, those are, I'm interested in such, I'm drawn, to, I also am drawn to people. It comes from God. One day I was in the tech, having a program there. After I was standing outside with the young people, we were talking to about 2, 3 a.m. Because Akakra was also there. Waiting. So when, we, when I finished and we were going home, he asked me, what do you talk about with these people all these hours? Because they were all around me and I was talking. I said, I don't know what I talk about, but I like them. I'm interested in them. Those are the people that even God has raised up in my ministry to be missionaries. All my missionaries are from there. I didn't even know what I was doing. I just found myself being interested. I like these people. I like this. Uh, I like talking to them. They seem to also like talking to me somehow. They seem to come around. They don't seem to be tired. I can talk with them for a long time. So God was drawing me towards the people that he has given me. And he was also drawing me to them and them to me. What do you think? Oh yeah. Some of you came to this church. God, you were drawn. Some of you came here looking for a wife. Some of you are looking for money. <laughs> Ziggy Liggy. <laughs> but he's drawing you. I said he's drawing you. How many can feel sometimes the Lord is drawing you towards something? But I'll tell you what the devil will do. He'll come and say, ah, you see, you are attracted to the person physically. 
Zah, you are lasting after the person. You see, the devil is very good at calling a very nice thing a bad thing. That's why Jesus came to save the world. And they call him a blasphemer, a murderer, Lucifer. Everything that he was the opposite of, the devil said, this is you. And so the devil will now tell you, ah, the reason why you are interested in this uh, man of God is actually you want to marry him. Is it, is it not true? <laughs> or perhaps you are waiting for the wife to die so that you are. So you are standing nearby, is it where, trotting on the sidelines. So in case, should in case something happens, you may be chosen as the next chosen one. Ziggy. <laughs> Satan is very bad, though. Very, very bad. If you love me, allow the Lord to lead you to love. If I love you, I also allow. Because these days I've come to see. Look, the God is love. God is love. If you come near God, you will feel love. Everybody who has seen Jesus talks about how He's love. Feel love, not anger. Love. Not punishment. Love, love. The Lord is telling me to say this last thing. So I will say, send to Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel 47. Verse 1. Afterwards, he brought me to the waters. Isn't it? Then he brought me out of the way, northward. All right? Verse 3. And then when the man in the line went forth, he measured a thousand cubits. And he brought me through the waters. Everybody say, the waters were to the ankles. Okay, now if you are blessed in the Lord and you have the waters up to your ankles, there's still more. Amen? Verse 4. And he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. And the waters were to the knees. Everybody say, the waters were to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. And the waters were to the loins. Everybody say, the waters were to the loins. And then the last one, afterward he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass over and the waters were risen. Waters to swim in a river that could not be passed over. Deeper. You keep getting deeper. You draw deeper as you are drawn by the Lord. You are drawn deeper. Why don't you want to go deeper with God? Why don't you want to be deeper? You don't love him. He loved you. You don't love him. You just want God to be some kind of football club that you support. But you don't love him after he loved you. Why don't you want to love him the way he loved you? Why don't you want to give yourself the way he gave himself? We should watch that film, The Passion, and see how he gave himself for us. But we want to give just part of ourselves. May we Walk in the love of God. Love God. Go deeper. Thank God you may have been ankle deep. But now it's time to go up to your knees. And then it's time to go up to your loins. And then it's time to get to the point where you are just swimming. Recently the Lord asked me to swim. I was surprised. I said, Lord, I will die. I won't tell you what it means, but it's it's a mystery. The Lord says, swim now. Swim. And I said, Lord, I will die. I cannot. Hmm. 
And the Lord said, come on. Jump. You see, when you get to a point, there will be a point where you, you don't have that security under your feet anymore. And you are now. You get it? How many of you are at such a point in your life? But keep walking on. Don't stare at the ankle and say, I'm blessed. There is knee one, knee level of ministry. Knee level, loin level of anointings. And there is swimming level where there's nothing you can do but trust in the Lord. The highest level is where you are just trusting the Lord. The Lord said, just trust me now. Trust me now. Trust me now. Live for me now. Some of you can't even pay tithes. You can't trust God that if you pay 10%, you will survive. The Lord is telling you, come on, go deeper. Some of you feel if I become a shepherd. I was talking to one lady. She said, I don't think I can combine it with my life. I don't think I can this and that. I don't think that. As I was, she was talking, I said, oh, this I know. I've heard this many times. When he's talking, this I know. You can. Because there are many people here, they are combining it with their lives. I can. Business people, those of you who are into business, I don't know what you are into. There is deeper, more levels than you are walking in. There are higher levels of Christianity than where you are sitting. You think, I'm, I'm a born again Christian, I speak in tongues, I go to Lighthouse Chapel International, I go for Tuesday service, Wednesday service, and also on Sundays, there are deeper, please, deeper levels than that. Praise the Lord. My bishop is Bishop Daki Watmills, and I've been in Lighthouse Chapel for nine years. And I, I joined originally at the canteen, but now I'm at the cathedral, and I've also moved to another branch at Achimota. And the Lord is with me. Things are also working gradually. Keep going deeper. Look at me, a student preacher. I've turned into a full time minister. I've become a bishop of about 400 churches. Watch me. I'm keeping on moving. I don't know where the Lord is taking me, but we are going. Heaven knows where we are going. We know we will. It will be hard. We know. And the road will be muddy and rough, but we'll get there. Heaven knows how we will get there. We know we will. We know we will. I said we know we will. We know we will get there. We will get there. We are landing in the new Jerusalem. Big time. The other day I was driving in the car and I was listening to the song New Jerusalem. I was with Reverend Saki and some other and we became excited. I said, we are landing in New Jerusalem big time. We are landing. They should prepare for us. We are arriving with joy. With joy. They should prepare for flowers. When I went to Abuja recently, when I got out of the there was a little girl holding flowers at the airport. I collected the flowers. I'm trying to remember what the president does. You kiss the girl and so on. So I took it and I was just flowing. Come on now. I said they should prepare in the new Jerusalem. We are landing. They should prepare the flowers. I said, we are landing. They should prepare flowers. And what else? Bouquets and what have you? We are arriving big time, big time from Accra. We are arriving from Kolegono in the new Jerusalem. No visa, 
no anything, just arrival. Red carpet treatment. My mind is on heaven. I said, my mind is on the place. So when the Lord tells me, jump and swim, I said, Lord, I'm ready to jump. I'm ready to try. I'm ready to do something. We are landing. I don't know where you are. Some of you are. I'm going to Massachusetts. I'm going to Minnesota. I'm going to Los Angeles. I'm going to heaven. I'm landing at the new Jerusalem. We shall be in the new Jerusalem. Some of you are looking at <laughs> what are they shouting about? Is you see, it shows how far, how far you dear, the water hasn't reached your ankles at all. That's why you can't relate to what I'm talking about. I have some binoculars in my office. Sometimes when I'm having a meeting, I bring them out to see if I can see the gates. New Jerusalem. We are landing big time. Whether you have a house or you don't have a house, it will not matter at all. <laughs> Whether you have a car or you don't have a car, it's not going to matter. Whether you been to university or you didn't go, it's not going to matter. Whether they gave you the visa to Athens or they didn't give you the visa to Athens. We are going, heaven knows where we are going, we know we will. We are going to heaven, come on sing it. We are going, heaven knows where we are going, we know we will. It will be. I think it's only the downstairs people who are coming because downstairs are all standing and all of upstairs are sitting down. Downstairs, let's sing it again. We are going. Heaven knows where we are going. We know we will. Come on, sing it. We are going. We are going.
New Jerusalem. One day you hear the sound, ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching the airport of New Jerusalem. Jesus Christ International Airport. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching the New Jerusalem International. Give the Lord a shout of praise, somebody. One day you hear the announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please fasten your seatbelts? We are arriving. We began our descent. Ah! We began, we began. Sometimes when I'm coming back to Accra, I hear the pilot saying, ladies and gentlemen, we have just begun our descent, our descent into Kotoka International Airport. But I'm waiting for the day when I hear, we have begun our descent into New Jerusalem International Airport. Give the Lord a shout of praise, somebody. <laughs> Come on, shake your right leg and give the Lord a shout of prayer. Then, when the plane has landed, you'll hear the pilot or one of the people say, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Kodoka International Level. But one of these days, you are going to hear the sound. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to New Jerusalem International Airport. You see, and when you are coming off the plane, may there be a bouquet waiting for you. One of my pastors, he sent me a message from Malawi. I just sent him to Malawi. He sent me a message. He said he had a dream that night. And I think somebody appeared to me and they were about to put something like a, a wreath. You know what they give the, the Roman athletes? And they were coming to present it to him. You know, and he said, and then he heard a voice saying something. Oh man, one day, it's not going to be your Athens Olympic medal, but it's going to be eternal crowns, glory, glory, real glory, something of value. I was passing by my grandfather's house, my grandfather's house. When you are going after church, pass there, pass the sea, then pass my grandfather's house. You see. There. You have to pass the sea to remember who Paul, isn't it? Yeah. Then when you pass that house, you will see how earthly things are absolutely useless. This was the main area of Accra. British Accra. So nice that it was called British Accra. Today, if they dash your house there, you better dash it back because AMA will even come and find you for so many problems. That I know. No toilet, no this, no water, no whatever. <laughs> it will be rough. We know. Oh. And the road will be muddy and rough, but we get there. Heaven knows how we will get there. Come on.
how many are going with me? When I land at heaven's gates, I want to turn back and say, Lord, these are my troops. These are my troops. Allow them to come along. The Lord will be the Lord will be calling me. The, the uh, mobile calls. Uh, there is one uh, brother here, uh, brother Kofi Rikizi. Uh, he's standing at the gate. Do you know him? Oh, I know him. He's a shepherd. He's a pastor. He's been working for the Lord. Give the Lord a shout of praise. <laughs> oh. oh, when they mention your name. They mention your name. Say. Jumping Jonathan. So we don't know him. He was jumping out of the church always. <laughs> oh, we are making it, I tell you. All our troubles will be over. You mark and see. How many are happy that all your troubles will be over? The things you are praying about. Let me tell you a story. Abraham, the prophet, he went somewhere when he was coming back. He saw a church program, and it was some uh, a group. They were having healing meetings. So he went, and then they asked him to speak. When he spoke, they were so blessed, and they said, we want you to preach all over. So he came back home, and he told his wife. His wife, I think, was called Hope. And he told his wife, and his wife was happy. Everybody in the house was happy, but his mother-in-law was not happy. So the mother-in-law said, no, what are these people? He said, this grace for you to these are people who have been thrown out of other churches who are not wanted by any church that have formed that group. He said, this grace. The mother-in-law opposed and he didn't go. He's, he always declared that is the greatest mistake of his whole life. Because he didn't go, he was in the house. A few months later, there was a flood and the flood came, killed his wife, killed his child, he was left with nothing. And he lost everything. And the last thing when he saw his wife who died, I mean, he always talks about it, the greatest mistake. But as he spoke to his, when, he, when they called, they called him, they called him, your wife is dying or dead. Come now. When he called, they said they had covered her face. She was dead. So he pulled her face and, Lord, let her talk to me. So she opened her eyes. And she said, Billy, he said, you've talked about it. You've preached about it. He said, why did you call me back? He said, you've talked about it. You've preached about it. But it is far more glorious than you can ever imagine. She had arrived at the customs <laughs> declaration. Immigration. When her husband called her back. <laughs> so when you get there, why? Why? You, you are tall. What is wrong with you? Huh? One marriage, you want me to stay with you forever. I will stay. I'm going. 
She said, he pulled the sheet off her face. You know when you die, they cover you. If you go to somebody, they cover their face. Me is dead. When you are sleeping, you cover your face yourself. It doesn't mean you are dead. But <laughs> when you are in the hospital and they, they've covered your face, it means you are dead. So they had covered her face. And he pulled it back. He knelt down, Lord, let her talk to me. To say something. If you've ever had a, a close person who died, you will utterly, at least he should say something to you. That's the most painful part. When my father died, he never said anything to me. He just, I just heard that he was dead. And she said, you've preached about it. You've talked about it. You don't have any We've sung about, we'll, we are going, heaven knows how we will get there. We know we will. We've sung about it, but we don't have any idea. For those who will live their life moving, keep moving. Sister, keep moving. Don't allow your husband to freeze you. Don't allow your wife to freeze you. Don't allow your children to freeze you. Don't allow your job to freeze you. Don't allow anything to freeze you. Keep going on in God. One day, you, you will remember this preaching. When you are standing at immigration, they are asking for your passport to arrive in heaven. And the angels will be checking. Ricky Z Jr. Ricky Z Senior. Ricky Z Original. <laughs> Let's sing it for the last time. We are go The wildest airport of all airports. The mother of all arrival centers. See it. See it. You are landing there. May you land in good style. May you, may you land with joy and not with fear. Put down your hands. Look at me. Today I was in my room. And I was, I was praying. Then um, something happened and I was about to lock my door. And then I was going back to my chair. And something said to me, supposing you sit on that chair and you die in the chair of a heart attack, will you have joy? Because you see, you can die at any time. Unless, I mean, the Lord. Sometimes our lives have to be shortened. 
I was like, if those days were not shortened, none will be saved. Sometimes the days have to be shortened so that you'll be saved. Zimbo. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? Supposing you sit down in the chair now and it's over. What would you say? Are you happy? You'll be sad. Therefore, be ready at all times. For you don't know the hour that the Lord will say, it's enough. You don't even know the hour where the Lord will say, my mercy has decided that the days should be shortened. Have you read that scripture? Except the days be shortened, they shall not even be saved. Sometimes it is the mercy of God to shorten the days so that you can be saved. If the days are shortened today, Will you be ready to stand before your father? And what will you say? Alex? Huh? What will you say? Lift your hands. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your blessing. We worship you, Jesus. Lord, we want to get there. We want to, we want to keep moving until we arrive finally at the last point in your presence. We thank you, we love you, we praise you. Glorify yourself in us. We pray for grace and mercy in Jesus' name. Lord, help every one of us. It's muddy and rough, Lord. The road is not easy. But help us to make it in grand style. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We are moving in the Lord. Amen. Tell somebody, in him we move. Amen. If you are here tonight, you want to give your life to Jesus. Pastor, please pray with me. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Close your eyes, everyone. If you are here like that, just lift your right hand. I want to pray with you. Just your right hand only. Pastor, pray with me. I want to go to the new Jerusalem. Lift it up high. My brother in the blue shirt, did you lift your hand? You want to give your life to the Lord? Lift it up high. Thank you. Lift it up high so I can see. God bless you. If you've lifted your hand, come to me in front here. You cannot come unless the Father has drawn you. God bless you, brother. Say this prayer with me. God bless you. Come and stand here. Say this prayer with me. Say, close your eyes and everyone join me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I accept Jesus as my Savior and my Master. Thank you for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.